This week on TechCast, Tim Cook finally talks about RCS, it's announcement announcement season, and our iPhone 14 event recap. All that and more starting right now. Hello and welcome to TechCast, a weekly podcast diving into tech headlines and potentially big stories that could change the industry as we know it. I'm Ben. And I'm Jake. Jake, we've got uh, a big Apple event recap to go over today, but I know there was a couple small stories you wanted to hit on first here. What do you want to hit us with here first? Uh, I think it would be a good... Well, first, Ben, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Um, you might hear some some ice rattling or straw movement. I am actually finishing up a charged lemonade uh, from Ooh. Panera Bread. Um, it is the strawberry mint... Uh, which is the only good charged lemonade I might add. <laughs> that is fair. Uh, I don't think I've had any of their charged lemonades, but I do like their uh, their papaya green tea. I'm not much of a tea person, but I kind of want to start getting into like hot teas. Yeah, that's a, a good place to start. That's where I started in college. We had a really nice tea shop like just down the street from campus. And so I would go and uh, they you could buy they had like dozens of different teas that you could sample and buy in by the by weight and then brew your mm-hmm. own. It was great. Yeah, I'm trying to get away from more processed sugars, and I know there's a lot of vitamins that you can get out of tea as well. So I've I've been considering diving more into into hot tea and and experimenting with that some. They the uh, the tea company. I don't know how good of a company that they are. Uh, but I bought <laughs> tea from them in the past and I liked it a lot. I had some blood orange uh, tea that was very nice. Wait, the uh, company is called the tea company? Yes. Oh, that's original. Okay. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they must have been the first. <laughs> Actually, yes, they must have naturally. They had to be the first. They were some the, excellent, excellent one, branding. One YouTube commenter first. That was probably uh, $300,000 well spent to an outsourced yes. marketing team. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, we've got uh, it. What are yeah. you drinking? Oh yeah, uh, I'm drinking a uh, peach seltzer. Uh, same as last week, that neon brand, uh, line from Smirnoff. Okay, okay, very nice. Uh, well, we got our drinks out of the way here. What do you got yes. for us for our first story? So, first story, uh, updating on uh, just a little bit on RCS. Uh, I don't have we talked a whole lot about RCS. We've never show. talked about RCS on the show, Jake, ever. <laughs> uh, I know we talk a lot about RCS in person. <laughs> yes. Well, we OK, I think our first two episodes, we hit RCS a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, I just wanted to bring up because uh, on was it a code conference that Tim Cook was speaking at? Uh, Vox Media was hosting it. Yes. Their yeah. Code Code 2022. Yep. So uh, t- Tim Cook was asked during an interview. Uh, about specifically RCS and uh, he gave his insight as to why they haven't and probably won't for a while. And it was honestly uh, pretty funny. I thought it was great. It was kind of the, the kind of. Um, I don't know, it wasn't the the response I was expecting from someone like Tim Cook, who is generally very like measured and chooses words carefully. It was uh, very it was a very Steve Jobs response, I yeah, felt like, which I think is unusual but great yeah uh, 
but essentially, uh, the person had asked about RCS if they had plans to adopt it and had made a comment that they uh, couldn't send a video to their mother uh, because their mother had an Android phone and it didn't send right and it looks terrible, which if you have ever messaged someone uh, between iPhone and Android, it is terrible. It is so yes. bad getting a video sent. Uh, and uh, Tim Cook's response was, well, buy your mom an iPhone, which is great. Yeah, that's very funny. Uh <laughs> He then follows it up with, I don't hear our users asking that we put a lot of energy in on it at this point, uh, which I mean, fair. My yeah. the reason why I wanted to bring it up, because other than the fact that it's a great one line um, is with Apple's big commitment to security and privacy. And this is kind of where Google's new kind of, uh, I guess, attack ads or campaign on social media has been pushing is if Apple's really wanting to be so serious on being secure and have privacy first sms is not private right i mean every sms message that gets sent is like collected by your carrier um i think whereas rcs is is way more uh secure it does the end-to-end encryption like uh apple does with imessage enabling rcs on iphone would absolutely or the other option is putting imessage on other platforms uh, but having the ability to message cross platform securely is something that Apple should want to do. Yeah. Or at least want to say that they want to do. Exactly. I think because um, I mean, there was rumors that at one point that Apple was looking to do more iMessage updates that made it more like a social platform. And that kind of direction makes sense to me if they plan on bringing iMessage to Android devices as well and finding a way to monetize it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know when they first announced like stickers and sticker packs and that and like apps within iMessage, everyone naturally thought, oh, they're getting it ready to bring over to Android because that's that's a monetization there that they can include with Android devices. But they're not going to bring it over to Android unless it's going to make them money. And when you look at how much money they'll likely lose, because then people will have the freedom to go to i or to go to Android and still have iMessage then they lose that lock in as well. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard to see. I, I kind of see where Apple's coming from though too, when, I mean, really the most effective RCS messaging now is powered by Google. And I'm guessing that's the way Apple's looking at it. Like, Hey, we're, we're giving this to Google if we're agreeing to do RCS, unless they have their own, unless they can, unless they want to allocate their own servers, maybe to RCS messaging as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have the capacity and they have the, the ability to do so, but I don't think they will. I'm wondering yeah. what it will take for them to make that change. Uh, and I mean, eventually it's going to have to get to the point of carriers. Uh, I think it'll take federal regulation. Yeah, I really do. I, I, I don't see any other way that Apple's going to. I don't think Apple will voluntarily be like, hey, we are going to support RCS now. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, like like Tim claims, their users aren't asking for it, and I mean, yeah, arguably, I, I think that it's more the people receiving messages from the users that are mm-hmm. wanting it. <laughs> so well, it it also it it begs to to mention that this is inherently a U.S. problem. Yes, uh, because the whole I mean, aside from the fact that you know messages look goofy being sent through iMessage, but many other countries the primary messaging service is a a chat client is whatsapp is uh, signal is telegram is facebook messenger the sms platform is really like so widely used in the states and it's because the carrier's dependence on it uh, mostly due to money 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you know, even like the bullying between, you know, green messages on iPhone group chats, mm-hmm. excluding people because they, they don't have an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, that's something that can be solved, but it won't be unless like, I, I honestly think it'll, it'll be a carrier thing. I think because the carriers have rallied around it and said, okay, on Android phones, the Android messages or Google messages app is going to be the default messaging client. We'll all support RCS. Uh, we can now start to sunset SMS. And when they do that, the Apple will have to do something unless Apple goes to them and says, no, you can't, you can't get rid of SMS. Yeah, but RCS isn't ready now. I mean, Yes and no. It's it's uh, not because like so on my on my S twenty two Ultra, I I had chat features enabled. I it said like I have I am set up for RCS. But when text messaging, um, my dad and another friend who both use Pixel phones uh, and also have RCS chat features enabled, it was regular text messages being sent. Uh, mine was powered by AT and T. Their RCS was powered by Google because they were both using Pixel phones. It wasn't until I got a Pixel 6 uh, Pro that I was now all of a sudden RCS chatting with them because it was powered by the same service. Interesting. I, that's surprising that because AT&T is committed to mm-hmm. to supporting the standard yes. set by Google. Well aware. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I even I even double checked my uh, my my dad's settings on his phone. And it, yeah, I had I we never got it to work when I had when we had it on on both my S22 Ultra and his Pixel. Nothing. But when I got a Pixel 6 Pro, no problem whatsoever. It worked immediately. So do you think that there will be some pressure uh, with Apple and they are. Uh, commitment to privacy on like a. Uh, like the ad tracking. So they, they've made this big uh, push to have the ability to uh, make apps not be able to talk to each other on the iPhone, which will greatly reduce the amount of information being spread between apps. That's kind of one of their big hallmark privacy, I guess, features they've championed that a lot of other companies have kind of emulated. With that, you know, Apple still heavily relies on uh, Google search for the powers of search. They rely on a lot of other services that go externally. If they start getting pressure to say, hey, sure, you made apps not be able to track, but if I'm still using Google and Google and Amazon, the two other largest like ad platforms on Mm -hmm. your phone, what does it matter? Because then the same people still get the information to sell. Do you think if they start to make a push on either of those directions, uh, they'll also have to deal with the privacy and security aspects of RCS and SMS. Because mm. it all yeah, kind of falls I mean, under the same umbrella of yeah, we are a champion of privacy and security, but we're not. Oh, right. Unless, right. unless it, unless it uh, monetarily affects us positively, we don't care. I think, I mean, short of maybe having a pop-up window come up every time I open the Google app or the Amazon app saying, hey, these guys are getting your data or your whatever you input here. I mean, I don't I don't really think they could do much else. Yeah, I mean, aside from. I don't know, making their own <laughs> their own <laughs> the, web search. Oh, God, no, please don't. 
Um, okay, okay, but they could just buy DuckDuckGo. I was just gonna say that I was just gonna throw <laughs> DuckDuckGo too. They could they could just buy DuckDuckGo, and that would that would quote unquote solve their problem. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know because because here's the thing: at the end of the day, Apple is no longer, in my opinion, a company that innovates technology. They're a money generation machine, mm-hmm. and since Cook has taken over. Their whole business structure has been, how can we make more money and how can we make our shareholders happier? Yes. And if the shareholders start demanding more privacy and security, is that the avenue that this gets solved? Yeah, I could certainly see that too, but I also don't see the shareholders leaning in more into privacy. I think that the shareholders recognize that Apple is using privacy as its uh, quote unquote privacy as its differentiator um, for marketing purposes. But I, I think that shareholders recognize how shallow of a claim it is. Yeah, I suppose when you have the headlines of meta losing however many billions of dollars in revenue because of the allow apps to track button. I think that that sends a big enough message to say that while it is like part of their branding and part of their marketing, it has had big consequences on several industries. Uh, Just the, the switch of that button. There's a lot of privacy and security and ending like, uh, helping to get rid of spam messages mm-hmm. that they could help solve by flipping that switch. Yeah, that's true. I mean, with them having that crop up, though, with, with them blocking all of those other industries, all that does is open the open the door wider for them to enter those industries themselves. True. And I'm sure that that, that was the intent from the get-go. I'm sure they expected to have an AR or VR headset sooner, but I don't think it's any surprise that their biggest victim of all this was Facebook or Meta. Mm-hmm. And they're, lo and behold, they'll have a headset coming out in the next couple of years. Yeah. So. Yeah, true. All right. And that, that's enough yeah. RCS talk. It will yeah. never happen uh, as much as I want it to happen. Uh, but uh, you got some an- announcement announcements. <laughs> Yes, some announcement announcements. So, um, of course, uh, it happens every year. Big tech companies trying to sneak something in the day before Apple's announcements to try to steal a little bit of thunder there or at least not be completely ignored when Apple announces their stuff. So Google announced their um, their October announcements uh, scheduled for October 6th. Uh, so they're expected to talk about the Pixel 7, Pixel 7 Pro. Uh, the Pixel Watch is expected to be talked about too. Um, I'm guessing we'll probably see a little bit more on that tablet they teased for next year. Maybe, who knows? Hopefully we'll see that the uh, bezels shrunk on the um, on the picture that they made for it. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, that's uh, the Google announcement was announced, and so was the Meta announcement, actually. Uh, so Meta is also going to be announcing some new products October 11th. That's when they're expected to talk about their uh, new Pro headset or Project Cambria. Um, and we will finally find out if it's expected to replace the Quest 2 or if it's going to be a higher tier of the Quest 2. I imagine it's going to be a higher tier. With them raising the price on the Quest 2, 
mm-hmm. makes me believe that it's here to stay. Uh, but I mean, I could be completely wrong. Do you think I'm they'll update in- the quest two to quest three? No, no, not this year. Okay, not at that event. Um, I think that that's still a year out. Yeah, uh, but the Google event I think is more interesting because there's a lot of stuff that they could talk about. Uh, my expectations for the Google event on top of the pixels. I expect a new Nest Hub. Mm-hmm. Um, if only because I've been seeing pretty consistently over the last month or two, like sales of the the standard Nest Hub, which really retails a hundred bucks, down to like I've seen as low as forty five dollars. Oh uh, wow! The original Nest Hub being on sale for. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with uh, the the Google you mean TV. the second gen Nest Hub. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, the the standard size Nest Hub. Right. Okay. Um, not the Max or whatever. The right. big boy. Yep. Which we could also see a new one of those too. Uh yep. but I, I'm I'm certainly expecting a new standard Nest Hub. Um I'm probably expecting a new Chromecast, like a new Google TV device. Uh yeah, there's rumors of a lower budget uh Chromecast with TV coming out, which I find very confusing because I already feel that my Chromecast with Google TV is low budget. Not by price, but by specs. <laughs> well, they did say that they were working on an update, that mm-hmm. which is supposed to improve performance. I'll believe on it. when I see it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I would also not be surprised to see uh, new Google Wi-Fi. Um, yes, that's been rumored with uh, to include Wi-Fi six mm-hmm. or six even. I think maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe a new like Nest um home or whatever their their speakers it's been a couple years since they did the redesign of the google home uh to be like the little like rectangular speaker oh the little tiny yeah oh oh, not not the little one but like the the shelf speaker the one that's like the the amazon echo size or the the nest nest max no not the max just the regular nest okay the next nest speaker or whatever it is yeah the Nest Audio. Is that what it is? Nest Audio? Nest Audio sounds right. Yeah. It's like a it's a vertical rectangle when you lay it down or when you stand it up. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Um, it is called yeah, Nest Audio, which is a terrible name. I hate yes. it. Yes. Because uh, it replaced the Google Home and yet they kept neither of the words in it. Uh, at mm-hmm. least they kept the like the home hub. They kept the hub name so I could remember what that was. Yes. Uh They'll update the see- name to Nest Sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could also see them like doing a new thermostat, a new Nest thermostat. Uh, I could see them. I, I could see them refreshing their entire home library. Um, I yeah, I believe their headline or tagline for the event is "We're going all in" or something like that. Um, so or it, it, no, it all comes together. Is what it, what yeah. it was, um, so, which for sure I mean, is a, like talking about the watch and the the yeah the phone the, I mean, and the, the, ecosystem. the ecosystem as a whole. Yeah, they're they're clearly trying to finally build an ecosystem that can compete against Apple, and that's yep. what all manufacturers are trying to do. But Google seems to be doing all of it, trying to do all of it at once. Realistically, um, I yeah, I think that we'll see a lot of home refreshes. Um, uh, like you stated there too. Um, I think they're going to kind of brush over those quickly though. Obviously the main event will be the pixel seven series and yep. the pixel watch. They'll have a lot to talk about with the pixel watch. I'm sure. Cause they want to make it clear. This is a straight up competitor against the Apple watch through and mm-hmm. through. Um, otherwise it has no chance. 
Um, so, well, I guess that's not true because Apple Watch doesn't work with Android anyways. So it really only has to compete with the Samsung watches. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, there may be some surprises. They, uh, they may talk more about, like, they might even talk about Stadia. As, as silly as that sounds, I think that they thinking. could. Uh, I remember seeing some exchange a while back between like a Stadia employee and a person on Twitter, and they were like talking about how that it's not going anywhere. Um, I don't know. I, there's just there's just so much revenue there that is on the table that I don't see them pulling out of this one. Like they have other markets. Um, I think they'll rebrand it. Okay. I bet they will. I bet they'll do a thing where they, they take the name stadia kind of like they did with, uh, what was that? The thing that they named their, uh, the thing that was supposed to like call for you, like that was going to set reservations for you at restaurants. They had a whole name for it. Oh, I was just talking with a friend about this. What was that called? Shoot. I do not remember. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, though. But it was bits of that that went into the call screen feature. Yeah, like they've they've taken all of that stuff. That was effectively like their branding for AI, like for a personal AI and how they've pulled a lot of that stuff and put it into other products. I can see them taking the Stadia branding, making that more of the backhaul, like saying, hey, Stadia powers our uh, content streaming service. Yeah. And they'll, they'll release Google Gaming powered by Stadia. Yeah, Google Games powered by Stadia or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Or, well, or they stick with the Play brand in and call it Play Games powered by Stadia. Uh, but then they already have a Play Games app. <laughs> I know they'll update the Play Games app, and then they'll oh, they'll have, have Stadia to, built into it. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'll they'll have that built into it, or or they'll just do a new Play Games app that has a slightly different icon, so they can confuse everybody, just like they did with the uh, with the Google Chat. <laughs> and then they'll bundle it into Play Pass, <laughs> yes, which is like their Apple Arcade competitor, but also includes productivity apps, so it's it's yes. better. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> They really need uh, to get their their content branding under wraps. Like they need they need to get that all figured out because it is it's terrible. Well, they're um, I mean, their man to do it is is Dieter Bone over there. That is true. Uh, yeah, that is very true. Assuming he has I, I have faith in him to do it as I just don't know how far up the chain he actually is, but I hope he's high enough. He has some say. Yes. Because he had the right things to say in, in his articles on The Verge. <laughs> uh, speaking of game streaming, moving on real quick. Uh, I wanted to give an update because I said I would uh, do some research on it, on how uh, developers make money through Game Pass. Uh, because Game Pass is a juggernaut in this space. They're really the only ones playing. Uh, I mean, there's GeForce Now, there's Stadia, there, there's the new PlayStation Plus, there's Amazon Luna, there's all these services that will offer you to games at a subscription price. Uh, but Game Pass is the one that is by far and away the most successful and the most popular and the most used. So upon my research, it is um, there's no good answer. 
there's a lot of answers is what it really is. So when we theorized a couple of weeks ago about how we thought it was, whether it was like lump sum, whether it was by uh, playtime, whether it was by like wh- whatever uh, structure that you could consider being, it's all of them. All of the above. Yeah, it's a it's a per case basis. So uh, mm-hmm. there have been some games where Microsoft goes in and says, hey, you got an idea for a game? Here's a chunk of money to make it. Uh, and it's going to be on Game Pass. OK, there have been other games where they're like, this is close. It's going to release everywhere. Uh, we can think we can help you get some uh, exposure by being on Game Pass because people more people will play it because it'll be included and you might get more incremental sales on other platforms. So here's some money. Uh, for you to be on our service and have like, you know, the game streaming capabilities and here's your benefits for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other ones where they were like, hey, you know, your game exists already. Uh, you're probably not going to get a whole lot of sales from it. But if you want to throw your game on our service, we'll give you X amount of dollars per hour played in the community uh, yeah. just as like a revenue stream while it's on Game Pass. So it's literally all of the above. Um, they've been pretty uh, close to the chest about it, uh, but they did announce uh, earlier this year. Uh, in two and a half billion dollars worth of payments to developers since Game Pass has you know, essentially like been released. OK, uh, so they've they've been they've been paying a lot of money to developers over the last five years mm-hmm. uh, that Game Pass has been around. It averages out based on the library of games to around 830,000 per game. If you just do straight averages, obviously it's not a straight average, but right. uh, they definitely are. From what it seems, paying a good amount of money to developers. And what it also seems like is I've not seen a lot of controversy, a lot of people upset about the way that they structure their payments, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is good. Uh, they're not falling into the Spotify problem of people being mad at them for how they pay right Uh, but what it does do because it it is on a per case basis i think it opens up the door for potential struggles if all this becomes public Mm -hmm. because then you can have games that perform similarly and say well their deal is different than mine it should be standard it's it's like co-workers talking about how much they make or something yep and which is something that honestly should be done i think people should have pay transparency everywhere they work including from Microsoft in their game stores. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm interested though how um so like studios that get bought by Microsoft, like Bethesda for instance. Mm-hmm. Obviously their games are re- going to be going straight to Game Pass. Um I'd be surprised if they don't continue going straight to Game Pass in the future. Um I'm curious if studios like that will see more revenue in their own pocket for the developers or if they'll see less or the same as a result. Well, those because they're Microsoft Studios now, I would imagine that that money is coming from Microsoft as it would from any other publisher. And but kind of they being, have more hand in the pot now. Microsoft does. Yes, they, they do. Uh, but it's kind of like the whole like moving money around because they own the studio. Mm-hmm. So they're going to bring in money from the sale of games on other platforms then they can just use that money to continue to bankroll other games. Yeah, they're being sold everywhere. So it doesn't necessarily have to have like revenue. Sharing from Game Pass as much as they would in another studio that they're paying for kind of thing. I Yeah, OK. 
I see what you're saying. I mean, yeah, revenue share in the sense that, I mean, they can still afford to pay the developers exactly what they were making before. And then obviously they can disperse the rest of those, the profit funds elsewhere. And it was exactly like when uh, AT&T owned DirecTV. AT&T had it in their like agreements that DirecTV uh, usage wouldn't hit data caps. Uh, And they, in order to like pay for that stuff, they would literally just like, write a check from their own company to pay themselves because like, mm-hmm. oh, well, here, here's this whole, we own these companies because like they had other companies do the same thing where it was, uh, I think it was Netflix. Netflix paid AT&T so, to be able to not be included in the uh, data caps. Mm-hmm. So then DirecTV paid AT&T, right. but AT&T owns DirecTV, so they just moved the money from accounts. Like it's just, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's all the same thing. It's all changing hands, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I thought, I thought that was interesting that they have kind of taken an anything goes kind of approach while well, they, they're just trying to figure it out because they're, they kind of are pioneers in the, in the marketplace and I'm excited to see how it goes and how it can influence other kind of marketplaces. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, but tell me about Knives Out too. Yes. So, uh, the Glass Onion trailer has released and I am very excited, much hype. They gave a, uh, little exclusive reveal, um, during the, uh, um, first NFL game tonight, uh, of the season. Woot woot. Much hype for that as well. Yeah. Um, sports. But, yes. Back. Sports. Yes. I, I do uh, have American to interject. Football. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I was watching the game mm-hmm. and, uh, like before we were recording disclosure, I guess we do record this Thursday nights. Yes. Uh, but so I started watching the game and they had the, the national anthem. And then they took a moment of silence for, uh, queen Elizabeth, which was very nice. Like uh-huh. they, they had a nice thing to say and it was very quiet. And then the announcer in the stadium was like, all right, now time to get get the game on. Let's go. Let's get back to sports. And it's just like it was such a wild like shift. tone shift. Yeah, I, I was like, this is deeply uncomfortable. I hate yeah. this. Yeah, that's definitely like it. It almost feels more like a well, and obviously it was a last second thing because it was just today that she had passed. Right, but just very much like yeah. I mean. Show a little empathy. There's got to be a smoother way to segue that. <laughs> yeah, I, they they could have done. They could have put it before the national anthem, mm-hmm. and then it would have had a little bit more of a, a pause or a break. Or like, yeah, yeah. How, how they could have done it so much better. Yeah, agreed. Um, since we're on the topic of <laughs> the football game, real quick, before I get back to Glass Onion, <laughs> we always have something to say about streaming services. I find it hilarious that because I was watching on NBC Sports and I find it hilarious that there was a bug while watching it on NBC Sports that while it was doing their separate streaming commercials, because we talked about how it's different for streaming commercials versus TV commercials during NBC's own commercials advertising Peacock, there was no audio. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. So... So just watching them like, did I accidentally mute the TV? And I clicked it on and off a couple of times. No, just playing, just playing an advertisement for Peacock. And I think it played played like three or four different times between different commercial breaks. No audio whatsoever. It's like they just decided, oh, crap, we should advertise our own streaming service. 
oh, but we, we forgot to add the 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 audio to that. No, it's fine. We'll just run it anyways. Like I, I, <laughs> we'll, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> we'll fix it in the post. Exactly. It's like you're trying to get me to go over to your app and you haven't even figured out how to add audio to a commercial. Like I, just, I, I don't know. I couldn't wrap my head around it. I had to throw that out there too. Uh, anyways, so going back to Glass Onion. Um, so the, the cast list is just unbelievable. Like they hit it out of the park again with some great cast members here. They've got uh, uh, Jessica Henwick, um, Daniel Craig, of course, playing Benoit Blanc because the whole series is, is him now. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine Hahn, um, Madeline Klein, uh, Janelle Monet is in it too. Very excited oh, for her to be nice. in it. Uh, Dave Batista uh hilarious yep. um there's already there's a, a scene in the trailer where he's literally just standing at the edge of a pool in a speedo all his, his jacked self and he uh, fires a gun in the air so like classic dave batista it's great yep. um edward norton kate hudson and leslie odom jr so like it's just yeah. in the, it looks like it takes place on a yacht and i'm just i'm i'm excited for all of it i yeah cannot wait and of course it's still ryan johnson directing he's doing all three uh well i guess the third movie as well on Netflix since they secured two movies with him. But yeah, I hope, I hope it does well. I think we talked about this last week or two weeks ago. Uh, just this could be the, the movie, mm-hmm. the, the thing that, that uh, solidifies Netflix as a proper studio. Uh, I think for producing think, quality movies. Yes, this is this movie is going to be make or break for them. Honestly, like I think if, if it isn't great, then they're always going to be looked at as, Oh, they make pretty good B B movies. Um, yep. Whereas this could actually be like a legitimate triple A title if they do it right. Yeah, um, and you know I love Knives Out, so mm-hmm. I, I will be Same. watching it opening day. I cannot wait. Yes, it's uh, December twenty eighth, I believe, if I remember right. Nice coming. Um, so yeah, very very much excited. Uh, oh, sorry, December twenty third, so day before Christmas Eve. Nice Christmas yep. Eve Eve. Uh, Christmas Eve Eve, exactly. <laughs> So uh, this is going to take us into the uh, recap of the Apple event. Uh, I'm excited to talk about some some naming of stuff because there, there's uh, some some names that we were not expecting. Uh, yes. Not to tease too much. But before we do that, I do want to take a quick moment to talk about our YouTube channel, uh, Tech Space. We have our website with we a Patreon. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at answer J and Ben is at Ben Real Fun. Please take a moment to, to follow us on those uh, services. If you can swing any sort of uh, monthly pledge to Patreon, we would greatly uh, appreciate it. It would help us do a lot more stuff. Uh, yeah, moving on to the Apple event. So, Ben, well, where do we want to start? Oh, man. Um, Should we just let's, let's, let's jump let's, into the watch? OK, so there are watches. We had mm-hmm. a Series 8. We had a new SE. And we had the the rumored Apple Watch Pro, uh, conveniently named uh, the Apple Watch Ultra. Conveniently. I think uh, now important note here, though, too, it was rumored to be Series 8 Pro. And instead, they just called it Ultra. Yep. No number. So and getting I think the boring ones out of the way, uh, the Series 8 is largely the Series 7 mm-hmm. uh, with temperature sensors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is that it? What else did they? So it is. Um, I actually just had a comparison chart pulled up here. It is. It, yeah, it added added the temperature sensor. Um, it added one other thing. I'm trying to verify what it was here now. 
Um, oh, no, crash detection. Was, crash detection. Oh, yes, crash detection. Yes, because yep, they I do I think it was that an was up, a... updated altimeter, if I remember right. Yeah. That allows uh, which... they added a new three-axis gyroscope in it. Yes. Yep. Um, which, uh, talking about the Apple Watch SE, that same thing. They brought mm-hmm. those features to the Apple Watch SE. So yes. they are the same. Uh, they, well, I will say the SE did get cheaper. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. Um, yeah. By about $50. I think it was yep. 300 before. Yeah. Now it's like, yeah, 249. Um, yep. Which yep, 249. Very uh, compelling price for what you're getting with the, the SE. Uh, solid watch. Uh, yeah. The Apple Watch Ultra mm-hmm. is is something. I hate it. Uh, I, now, I, I want to see it in person. I want to be able to get my hands on it. But mm-hmm. just like the looks of it, I think it looks horrendous. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it's not for me. And I know that looks don't necessarily matter as much uh, with a device like this. Mm-hmm. But I guess we should, we should get out of the way what it is. What, what did they do to it? So the Apple Watch Ultra is basically a... Uh, Apple Watch on steroids physically. Um, it looks like an Apple Watch on steroids. It just has this grotesque bar on the right hand side of the watch face that juts out from the side. It's not even melded into the body itself, in my opinion. Um, what they did though, too, which I thought was smart. I mean, what they the changes they made were smart. Um, they added or the uh, digital crown is now um, thicker sides. So it's easier to get a grip on it with, like, say, gloves if you're wearing gloves uh, while using it. And then they added on the left side an action button. So it has an additional button now. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that action button, the the big thing they bragged about is it basically it sounds like it's going to be more aware of the app that you're in and what action you may take in that app. But you can also assign actions to it is what they said. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't really have much more details than that. I imagine it's basically a quick launch button when you're on the home screen. But if you're in like, say, if you're in a workout and you're running laps, you can click that action button and it knows you're setting another lap. Um, So you can time each individual lap, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I mean, otherwise, it's it's slightly bigger, too. I think it's 49 millimeter, if I remember right. Yep. 49. Yeah. Um, The display is flat. Actually flat. Yes, actually flat display, um, which looks really goofy in my opinion, too, because um, it's literally like you just you take a regular Apple Watch and then you push a flat face forward <laughs> like it's, it looks goofy. Um, battery life <laughs> is significantly improved, though. Um, you're looking at 36 hours battery life um, versus the 18 hours up to 18 hours on the uh, series eight and the watch SE and the series seven of last year too. same battery life on that still. Um, so it's considerably more battery life as well. And then the big thing about it, um, was the, um, the satellite connectivity. Yeah. The, the emergency multi- SOS satellite. Well, that, and the, the fact that it uses uh, dual GPS. Yes. L one and L five. Yep. Yep. Instead of uh, just L one, like the other watches. Right. Yeah. Uh, can I just say that when I saw it, the images of it, it made it, it looked like what if they took one of like the, the iPhone camera bumps mm-hmm. and made that the watch. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like the way that the railing lifts up from the watch face, mm-hmm. uh, 
reminds me so much of like the 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 uh, stove burners of the back of the the, yes. the iPhone. Yeah, I can see that. It's definitely it, honestly, it gave me a little bit of Casio vibes. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, and that's again kind of what they're they're yeah. going for with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that it is going to be probably the best watch for the person that's going to need this kind of watch. Yeah. Uh, it's going to do all of the stuff really, really well. Mm-hmm. It's just not for me. Yeah. Uh, same. And it's not for most people. And I think it's priced that way at 800 bucks. Like it is, it is priced for people who want specifically that it only has a cellular version. There's no, like there's no I, GPS only. I disagree. I think that they, I think that we're going to see more people get it than that need it. I think they very much priced it in a way or positioned it in a way that it is very much the 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 pro watch still. Uh, while they didn't go with the pro name scheme, they went with Ultra. I assume Ultra because of the price tag they decided to go with as part of it. Um, but I mean, as you stated, it's a cellular only watch. If you look to spread that over 24 months, you're only looking at $12.50 more a month. And that's not a lot for for people that are looking for high-end Apple products. Um, so I, I think that we're going to see a lot more people get it that don't necessarily need all that, except maybe the battery life. I think I, I disagree. I think that it is priced high enough and it is big enough. I think the physical size of it is going to be a factor. I know it's from what people have said, it's, it's lightweight. Mm-hmm. Because it's using titanium around it. Uh, but I just think this, the size is going to be off-putting. The design is going to be off-putting for people who would have bought it if it was just a pro watch. But I think that the reason why they didn't go with the pro name, I think there's two reasons. Uh, this, is, this is speculation, but I was thinking about this yesterday on my drive home. That Samsung just used pro in there for their the watch 5 pro mm-hmm. and yet they have consistently used for the past few years ultra in the name of their high-end phone okay uh, which then they could have just used wa- uh, ultra for the watch that would have made sense actually based on their their naming conventions for their phones mm-hmm. so i bet apple was considering using pro when they backed off knowing that the pro name is kind of geared more towards professional stuff mm-hmm. uh, in their their line of products, whereas Ultra is just kind of excessive. Like if yeah. you look at the M1 Ultra, that thing is four M1 Pros or four uh, M1 Maxes or two M1 Maxes, whatever it is. Yeah. It's just the most overkill, ridiculous yeah. possible product that only a few people need. Yeah. And I think that kind of moves into the like that watch mindset of only a few people need this watch and it is specific for the people who need its features. Yeah, who needs who needs to be able to take their watch diving other than people who are going to dive frequently with it. Mm -hmm. That's not a buying decision unless it's a buying decision, you know? Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, no one's going to look at the look at the features and be like, oh, I'm I've been wanting to get into diving. Maybe I'll get this watch and use it sometimes. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I think I think if it didn't sound cheesy, a more fitting name would have been extreme. 
because that's who mm. this is for is the, yeah. the extreme users. Um, but I mean, obviously watch extreme sounds absolutely ridiculous. Um, I mean, it's too bad that Samsung already used active cause that would have been a great. See, I think active screams cheap though. Like I, th- cause I thought about this with fit. I think Apple fit yeah. would have been interesting too. But again, it just the fit and active. They, they just, they've been used for products that are more niche specifically for exercise and typically other corners are cut to get that to that price. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think Apple wanted to go that route either. The other interesting thing though, is that they didn't include eight in the moniker at all. And right. I think that that's because just like with the SE, they don't plan on updating this every year. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, they, they crammed as much as they could into this. I imagine for, for what was available now currently. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that they don't feel like there's going to be enough to um to upgrade year after year on it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much more to say about the watch. I think it's interesting. I think it's gonna like I said, it's gonna be great for the people that need it. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh otherwise skip. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And honestly, uh if you can get a Series 7 for cheap, mm-hmm. get a Series 7 watch. Don't yeah. don't get the Series 8. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. Uh, let's talk about AirPods, and uh-huh. then we'll finish up with the the phones. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about last week what we thought they could possibly do for the second gen AirPods Pro, mm-hmm. and they basically did what we said that they yeah. could do. They made the noise cancellation better. Yep. Yep. Well, and the and the um active or the transparency mode too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and and they put in smaller ear tips that you could change out the yeah they added extra small ear tips the notably notably though i it didn't look like they changed physical form at all no it looks like the same exact physical chip in it yes exactly it's it's different internals i i think did they i I believe they added one mic though did they i think they added one mic i didn't get a chance to watch the event uh so i didn't see any of the physical changes I believe they had mentioned uh, Adam. They, they mentioned something about an Adam Mike, I think, or they at least did. They did something different with the vent, though, too. I think the vent may be just slightly bigger because um, I know they talked about the vent as well, too. So maybe there's going to be a little bit less pressure yet. Um, so that'd be interesting as well. Um, the. They also are rated for longer battery. Yeah, by two hours. Yep. Uh which is also very impressive, I think, to to keep the same form factor, but have more battery, not just in the um, in the earbuds themselves, but the case too has four more hours as well, because I believe they upped that to 30 hours from what was originally 26 hours, if I remember right. That sounds right. Yes. Yep. 24 yeah. to 30. Uh, they also um, added new touch gestures so you can swipe up and down on the stems to change volume. Don't need that. I don't either, but it's, it's, it's gimmicky. I don't I don't think it'll work well at all, to be honest. No, no one has done it right, except um, um, the surface buds. Yep. But they're it's also just, ginormous. Exactly. So like, it's a lot larger touch surface. Yeah. Uh, they added a little uh, lanyard loop for the case. Yeah, it wasn't clear. For the, I mean, they had a lanyard picture, too. I'm curious if it will include the lanyard or if they'll charge you $20 for a lanyard. <laughs> Uh, they added a speaker to the case so you can find it. Yes. Uh, with find my uh device, which is 
cool. Mm-hmm. Um, um, also interesting, it is compatible with the Apple Watch charger. Not just the MagSafe yeah, charger. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was uh, a surprise as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense. It's a smaller charger. Yeah. Um, and I mean... It's nice to know that I could bring um, that I could charge my phone. And if my watch is already topped off, I can roam around on my watch and charge my AirPods at the same time as my phone. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, they improved the noise cancellation. They improved the uh, transparency. They said they can... Um, like detect harsh sounds and reduce those within transparency mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm curious what that would sound like too. Like if you're walking down like a busy New York street and then a garbage truck starts backing up and it starts beeping really loud near you. I'm curious how that'll model that, if it will actually seem kind of natural or if it will just be like a clear, like uh, active noise canceling, regular active noise canceling, regular as it beeps. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'll be something definitely to try out because that's something that you can sort of simulate, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Um, another interesting thing, because they didn't talk about AirPods 3 at all, just AirPods Pro. But the, um, or are we, are we on second gen or third gen AirPods? We we're on the second gen AirPods Pro, and then we got a third, third gen, gen AirPods. AirPods last year. Okay, so the third gen AirPods, they also quietly updated the case. Um, you can now get... Um, a uh regular lightning case or a um wireless charging case and it's only a ten dollar difference now between the two which hmm. is very strange to me um it, it's 180 for the wireless charging case or 170 for the wired charging case and i don't quite understand their motive there on that pricing I don't know either unless they're just going to phase out the non-wireless altogether at some point. Yeah. It's yeah, it just seems silly that, like if that was the case then I think they should have the charging case, the wired only charging case at a cheaper price yet. It's weird to me that they have such a short or such a small discrepancy in price. Uh my guess is it is just a another like making it an easier step up. Yeah, to get the wireless charging, and then you—it's an easier uh, ad to get like a MagSafe charger. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense too. That could be. Uh, it does not appear that they've added a new microphone. Okay, so it's just probably the H2 chip that's able to yep. process that much more. Then, yep, they said that it's it can uh, ad- like adjust sound forty-eight thousand times a minute, a second, a second. Is it a second? It is a second. Yeah. Dang, that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, their transparency mode is better than anybody's, like, still on yeah. the original AirPod Pro. Yeah. So, like, hands down. Uh, it's not even close. Uh, mm-hmm. Aside from, like, the link buttons that literally have a hole in the middle. Like, right. Those yeah. <laughs> those have, yeah. uh, uh, they have physics mode. on their side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, even after using, like, the Galaxy Buds Pro for the last week, mm-hmm. um, transparency mode on that, those are terrible, like, in yeah. comparison. Yeah. They sound awful. And, like, it just sounds so artificial. Mm-hmm. So AirPods aside, unless you have any other comments about the AirPods. 
Let's move on to the phones. All right. So we'll start with the iPhone 14. The boring ones. Yes. <laughs> so they added the plus model. All right. On to the pros. <laughs> I don't. Okay. I want to talk about naming. We're going to talk about naming on a lot of this stuff. Okay. I do not understand why they call it the 14 plus. I don't. I don't. I mean, get I do. It because they it they should call it the 14 max. No. Because plus the reason why they dropped the plus name and we talked about this last week was mm-hmm. because plus meant there was something more. There was additional features that you could not get. It was generally the second camera or was the fact that you could use the phone in landscape. Uh, it added more features this year. It is just size it is the only difference is it's just bigger. Nope. Which is what. Battery. What do you mean? No. Now, no, because because you could say the same thing about the pros. Why isn't it the iPhone 14 Pro Plus? Because the iPhone 14 Plus is the best, quote unquote, best battery life in an iPhone ever. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because they're using a 60 hertz display still. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. With the same battery size as the as the max. Right. Yeah. But I still I just it, it is very confusing to have plus and max in the same product category when it's when they're they're denoting the same thing they're saying this one's the big one we have two words to describe what the big one is one of them is plus and that's the cheap one and one of them is max and that's the expensive one we already have a a word that makes that says that it's the expensive one that says it's pro like you don't I don't get it. I can. Okay. I can see your line of thinking because yeah, the, the iPhone 14 plus is the same as the iPhone 14 and the iPhone 14 pro max is the same as the iPhone 14 pro. There's no additional like, features even if you to the go pro max. to their website to buy them. Mm-hmm. And they, when they have their comparison charts, they show, uh, iPhone SE, mm-hmm. iPhone 13, iPhone 13 pro iPhone 13 pro max. And then they have iPhone 14 lumped into one column with screen size 6.1, 6.7. <laughs> and then they have iPhone 4, 14 Pro mm-hmm. with the two screen sizes, 6.1, 6.7. They literally have them bracketed in their own, like lumped together. And the only differentiator being size. Yeah. So do you think they should have just called it iPhone 14 and had 6.1 and 6.8? And no, I think they should have called that. iPhone 14, iPhone 14 Max. Yeah. I think, playing devil's advocate though too, Apple, sure, Apple always marketed it as plus because they felt that they should call it plus because you're giving you're getting one more feature with the larger phone. But that's not how people differentiated it. The public differentiated it as plus is the bigger one. And yeah, that's why they, they did that specifically way. changed it with the 12 and the 12, the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max. Or no, the 11 Pro and the 11 Pro Max. Or the 10S Max. The 10S. The 10S and the 10S Max. Yeah. They literally have been saying the Max is the big one, and we changed it to Max because it's specifically just the big one. Because it it does not give it more features. Pro or Plus meant more features. Then you can make the argument that with the 12 Pro series, the 12 Pro Max should have been 12 Pro Plus. Because on that one, it was a different camera on the Mm -hmm. Max series. Okay. Uh, I know yeah. this does nothing for our uh, listeners, but this is what their their product page is for. Which iPhone is right for you? They have iPhone 13. Oh. 
they, which then this one they're showing small big 5.4 or 6.1 mm-hmm. iphone 14 6.1 6.7 iphone 14 pro 6.1 6.7 interesting yeah hmm. i think they, they they've effectively removed on this page when they're like saying which one is right for you they've removed the the naming conventions altogether like the the size denotations yeah Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I definitely, I see your point. I do. I, I think there should have at least been consistency, whether they decided to stick with the max or stick with the plus, there should have been some type of consistency. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that there's not. Uh, but anyway, m- we can move on from this naming. Cause we're going to talk mm-hmm. about names again here in a little bit. Okay. When we're talking about the pros. Uh, okay. Cause boy, do I have words to say about some of the names, okay. uh, specifically one name. <laughs> yes. I know which one. And I'm sure you know exactly what I'm yes, talking about. Yes, I do. About. I do. Uh, no, there, there is a little bit to talk about with the 14 and 14 plus, uh, they have improved cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, uh, have the a 15 bionic versus just the a 15, which is what we were expecting. We talked yeah. about this last week. Yeah, it is the, it is the same chip. It just has unlocked that, uh, extra Ram. Right. Effectively. Right. Uh, it also adds when you say uh, that extra RAM, uh, basically, we know that it's going to be six gigabytes like it was rumored to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that was the difference between the 15 and the 15 Bionic was that the, they were the same chip. It's just it was software gated with like the, right. the RAM. Yeah. Um, what the other uh, thing that they announced? Oh, yeah. The satellite, the satellite. uh backhaul infrastructure thing the two years of satellite service yeah i was going to point that out too it's interesting they never once said anything about only the first two years during their announcement but yeah it's been uncovered that it's free for two years and we have no idea what the pricing is after that uh the other interesting piece i think that is different uh they and this is goes for both the 14 and 14 pro series they're eSIM only yeah, I've got thoughts about that. Yeah, as do I. Let's 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 get into them because like that's all there really is to say about the fourteen and fourteen plus. Yeah, so eSIM only in the U.S. only to be specific. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this can be lumped in with the iMessage RCS conversation. It's the same purpose. Could be. It's it's all lock in. That's what yeah. it is, because um, in iOS 16 specifically, when switching iPhones or when 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 taking an iPhone out of the box and booting it up, one of the questions is, would you like to migrate your eSIM? Oh, mm-hmm. perfect. Super easy. I don't have to take a SIM card out. That's great. I love that. Um, would you like to shop for different carriers? Oh, I can just do it in my settings app and find another carrier, plug in the eSIM and I'm done. Perfect. Awesome. But boy, the second you want to change phones entirely and leave Apple, oh, I have to deal with the fucking carrier. I can't take out my physical SIM. <laughs> I hate it. Well, okay. Maybe. Because, uh, like, for example, my Pixel 6 is activated on an eSIM. Mm-hmm. And... It could, granted, I am still technically on Sprint, so I, I still can't do the nice little swaparoo. I have to change the IMEI in the system. Mm-hmm. But uh, in theory, eventually, 
it'll be very easy to swap phones through eSIM. Uh, That's even my between problem. Apple and Android. In theory. Yeah, it's not ready fair. yet. It is not. I mean, my fear, this is and this is coming from uh, working in wireless retail uh, with since eSIMs have been around. Mm hmm. eSIMs do not activate super easily. Uh, with a lot of the carrier systems. So when you go in and you activate a phone on an eSIM, it takes a hot minute for the phone to recognize mm-hmm. and download the eSIM. It also needs an internet connection to be able to do it. Yep, you have to be on Wi-Fi. Yep. Um, and depending on that wireless network, it may not download it for a while. Yeah. It may download it and then try to backhaul to something else, like especially phones that had physical SIM slots, it might be better now since they com- are completely getting rid of the SIM slot uh, in the US altogether. Uh, but that was a frequent problem trying to get a phone to activate on an eSIM. But then it would be like, "Ooh, now we want to. Where's the real SIM, though?" Right. And it would just like freak out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, again, in theory, it should be great. I hope. I hope this is the push that fixes it. In theory, it will be great, but I think it's unfortunately going to take another generation of iPhone before carriers are actually ready. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm sure Apple had conversations with carriers saying, "Hey, this new iPhone is going to be eSIM only." But you know, those conversations probably only started about a month or two ago. That is not enough time for carriers to have everything ready. Yeah, it's going to take carriers at least nine, twelve months. I'm sure on their roadmap to have eSIMs work the way Apple says it will work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole, I'm sure that, I'm sure, I'm confident that there won't be any issues when people are switching from iPhone to iPhone if they're already on eSIM. Um, I'm interested to see how new iPhone, how these new iPhones activate out of the box to eSIM when you're currently using a physical SIM for your iPhone. Yes, I would also like to see how that'll work. Um, I might be a test case scenario for that because I think my iPhone is on a physical SIM. Uh, well, I myself will be out. going from a Pixel 6 Pro physical SIM to eSIM iPhone. So I'll also kind of be in the same boat, but not True. the regular transfer process like you have. I'm curious if with your case, if Apple has a way that's set up so that it will... Um, what through through transferring recognize that you're using a physical sim with your specific carrier and be smart enough to automatically download an eSIM and activate your phone on your network with that phone number. Yeah. Um that'll be interesting to see. I that sounds too perfect to actually be reality, but that would be nice. <laughs> Cause it has that information. I, yeah. I I, I hope it works. I hope it makes things easier for carriers to be able to like make phone switching mm-hmm. more effective. And also like with network rollouts and improvements and new uh, spectrum that they acquire. This mm-hmm. does make that all potentially capable just via software like over yeah. the air. Now your phone can see more towers where previously you'd need a new physical SIM to put in. True. Um, and this does open up a lot of possible good. Yeah, well, don't get me wrong. I mean, Apple positioned it in a smart way too. Like, it, it certainly is more secure than a physical SIM. 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, sim spoofing is a real thing. And to my knowledge, it's certainly not as easy, if even possible at all, to do with an eSIM versus a physical SIM card. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, there, there are certainly um, more safety features by going eSIM only. It's just at the same time, too, it does create more lock-in, I think, for Apple. I also will find it interesting how it'll create lock-in between carriers, like how all that will will work. Like for example, if I if I pay for a prepaid SIM card that I have um, between carriers, like I want, I'm testing networks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say Project Genifivus opens up Apple support. How will I how easy will it be for me to take my iPhone that's active on T-Mobile and move it to another service that I already have established? So the way eSIM works now is it's multiple profiles on the phone. And mm-hmm. the 13 the 13 oh, the 13's already supported uh two profiles for eSIM. Um Apple says that the iPhone 14 should support at least five profiles. Um, it depends on the country, I guess, um, that you're getting the phone in. But U.S. should support up to five profiles, I believe. So the idea is you'll download the eSIM profile onto the iPhone, and then you would deactivate the eSIM profile from your previous carrier. Hmm. And that should automatically cancel the service as well. Now, I don't right. necessarily trust that part. Um, I would still recommend reaching out to your carrier when leaving their service, but removing that profile from your phone should be deactivating that service. My my question is, so, and this is a very, I would imagine not a very common situation, but if I have two lines of service, oops, if I have two lines of service that I use both simultaneously, but they're mm-hmm. on different carriers or even on the same carrier, if I have two lines of service and I want to switch those phones around right now, it's very easy to pull out SIMs and switch them. Yeah. How do I transfer service between two devices back and forth? Three SIM. Especially I, if it's like iPhone and Android. Right. Yeah. If I, I, don't, I don't know. On my, that one. If I want my pixel to be on my iPhone line and vice versa, how does that happen? <laughs> See, well, and you say that this may be a rare instance, but I don't think it is. Because if you look at, um, if we look at, say, uh, like, like, I mean, larger families doing hand-me-down phones, you've already mm-hmm. got an active line on your iPhone. You're going to pass that down to your kid as you get a new iPhone. Mm-hmm. That kid already has an active line of service, let's say. Then, yeah, I mean, how, how is that going to work? Um, it would be you activate your new phone first, you migrate your eSIM, that frees this phone up, you reset it, and then do your Apple transfer over, migrate the eSIM. But the question that we started with this whole eSIM conversation is, what if it's an Android? Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe that kid had, right an, now, had an Android to start, and then the parents are like, hey, you did great with this Android phone, now you can have an iPhone. Because we definitely yeah. saw that in stores. So. Oh, yeah. So on my Pixel, for example, when I activate my Pixel, if I don't have a physical SIM, it can say download eSIM. And then it's sign into your carrier's wireless account. Yep. So I sign into my profile and then I pick my number and it activates on that number. Mm-hmm. That's a pain in the butt. Yeah. That, that's a, and it's not great. Yep. 
Now, it also might be, in my experience, even worse because it's Sprint. Uh, it's bad on at and too. Fair. <laughs> yeah, I guess it backs up your whole like comments on the carriers aren't ready for it. Yeah. And, and I don't I don't honestly, where is their incentive to make it easier? <laughs> True. They, they have none. I mean, it doesn't have to be an easier because they don't want to make it easy to be swat, to sw- leave, switching yeah. eSIMs. Because, yeah, exactly. They're making it easier to leave if you make it easy to work with eSIMs. OK, OK, we need to move on yes. a little bit. Pros. Let's talk about pros. Um, actually, I do want to real fast on the regular 14s. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about the colors. Because uh, they are mostly the same. The The pink has reverted back to a purple. Mm hmm. And it's like a light lilac. It's great. That product it. red is gorgeous. I it love is it. Aggressive. <laughs> I love it. I want to see it in person because their red has changed basically every year. Yeah. And to me, the gold standard product red was the iPhone 7. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it helped that it was a metal finish. Right. That red was so good. Uh, even the 8's red, and I guess the SE, the yeah. just that, that yep. cherry red, because it, it went a little uh, paler on the 12's. Yeah. And also 13's. The, yes, the 11 red was still darker, though, if I remember right. Yeah, the, the like 11 a, red was, was almost like was, a salmon on the 12 and 13. Yeah, um, yeah. The the red in the 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 eleven was almost like so. The eight was almost too dark, I think, and then the eleven kind of toned it back a little bit, and the twelve and thirteen overcorrected. Yeah, yep. I still think that seven though has is my favorite red. Yeah, uh, I I mean I like the I like the I agree. The eleven was almost too deep. The eight was a perfect red. I the this. This 14 red looks like the eight red, in my opinion, in the in the pictures, at least. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to see, though, I kind of want a Frankenstein phone. I want black aluminum rails with a red back. And I think that would look gorgeous. That would be incredible. I think think that would look good, too. Yeah. Uh, The blue is also new. Uh, The blue is it actually it looks like. The midnight blue or the Pacific blue from the pros last year being brought down to the regular 14s yes or it's like that lighter blue anyway pros let's talk yes. about pros uh, new things uh also has the uh satellite and the crash detection that mm-hmm. they added with the, the 14s um it has the new a16 bionic which they say is their first four nanometer chip Mm-hmm. which should mean it is very fast and uh, efficient. Yes. Um, now, technically, I know that they said the 14 plus has their best battery life. But when they when they talk about their battery life, which is their how many hours of video playback does it do? Because that's, you know, mm-hmm. how everyone measures their battery. life. Absolutely. They do say on the pro that it is up to 29 hours of video playback, which is more than the 26 hours on the 14 plus. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't make sense unless the A16 Bionic is just that much more efficient. Um, 
It has, like we expected, the hole punch display. It has new cameras. It has a 48 megapixel main camera. I am surprised that they didn't go farther with the the telephoto like we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do want to start with the cameras because I want to finish on my complaint about (laughs) the the notch. Yeah. The hole punch. Uh, I'm pumped for these cameras. I think they are going to be. I mean, I think they're going to be largely similar. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to see the. I think we're going to have a very uh, similar uh, Pixel 6 problem. Where we have new sensors that are technically capable of way more. Mm -hmm. They're going larger megapixel count for the first time in years. And their software is going to make them look exactly like the last year's phone. Is what I think is going to happen. What we're going to gain from this, though, and this is something that I have complained about iPhone cameras forever, is when you take a picture and you look at it on your phone, it looks fantastic. It looks great. As soon as you zoom in, it looks muddy and terrible. Moving to a 40 megapixel sensor, they claim that they can get a true optical two times because of the fact that it's higher resolution. It can zoom in better and like we said last week it would make it that smooth transition between 1x to 3x right more natural yep uh which that's what i'm yeah yeah which i am that's what i'm excited about for this camera is having the detail as you pinch in a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, they also said that the ultra wide and telephoto are supposed to do better with low light uh, which hopefully that addresses my complaint from last week uh, about our, our hopes and wishes for the cameras to make it so that they, they prefer the telephoto lens more often. Yeah, they claimed it was up to two times better low light on all lenses and the ultrawide in particular, or no, the main lens in particular was up to three times better. Yep. Yep. Which makes sense. Bigger sensors, bigger pixels. Yep. They're binning. Yep. Great. Uh, anything else big on the camera? Um, the front facing camera as well had updates. Oh yeah. That was the same on the 14s too. Yes. I forgot about that. Yep. Um, so the, um, front facing cameras now support autofocus. Um, it was interesting to me. They kind of touted, they, they positioned it more as now you can fit more people in the shot, but like you're just holding the phone out further and focusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting because it's the same, it's the same 12 or well, I think, is it? No, it's, it's 12 megapixel. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe that's updated. I think it was eight megapixel before. It was, it was still a 12 megapixel. It's just, I think an improved 12 megapixel. It's a bigger aperture. So it does let yeah. in better low light. Um, yes. so it's, it's better low light conditions as well and supports autofocus. Yeah. Which like, I'm going to be honest and this probably sounds terrible. I never noticed that. It wasn't focusing on me if I reached if I put my phone further away. <laughs> um, and that may just be the quality of the front facing picture. Maybe it'll be more clear now. I don't know. But I never really thought, hey, this looks out of focus when using my front facing camera. That's yeah, that's fair. I don't think I ever noticed that either. Yeah, but apparently it was because now it supports autofocus. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really it for cameras, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, moving on to the front. 
Yes. Uh, so the screen is different. It's got mm-hmm. a pill punch. Uh, so instead of having the bathtub notch, it now has a hole punch, very much like the uh, Android phones that utilize this method of camera cutout. It is, however, very large because it does have to fit all the face ID sensors in there. They did add an always on display. Yep. Which is great. What I am interested in knowing is how it affects battery life. They do claim that the display can ratchet down to one refresh mm-hmm. per second. Yep. Um, which is, yeah, very, very, very slow and should hopefully make it better, uh, make it more efficient. They, I, what I found interesting is that unlike other devices that do always on display, I noticed that the in like all of their images and renders and even like some footage hands on, uh, it retains color in the always on display. Yeah, they're only dimming the display. They're not actually going to full OLED. Yeah, which is very odd. very Apple-y that they don't want to just do a blatant this is clear like it's not going to be exactly like android phones in the way they Mm -hmm. handle always on displays i think um i think that it is going to be about as big of a discrepancy in battery life as using always on display for the apple watch and i believe that that is why apple also gives it as an option to do always on display you do not have to use always on display and I think that it will be, especially with the with the Pro Max, it will be a noticeable difference in battery life. Yeah, I would imagine. So I, even even though they are dimming it, it's still an OLED, so they are shutting off pixels. Yeah. Uh, so it sh- it should it should be better. I, I'm I'm still here for it. I will probably have it enabled depending on how much of a hit of battery it is. Uh, I will have it enabled like- during. The football season only because they said that their live trackers will also be shown during the mm-hmm. always on which is incredible i mean we we asked for that when we were talking about it when it when we yep. first talked about ios 16 beta um so it's incredible that that's still going to be shown um but after the football season i don't need it on there <laughs> i like the idea of having uh being able to have access to effectively watch complications on my phone screen uh, having quick access to timers, having quick access to like having maybe like a stock tracker or my activity tracker on there would be nice. Yeah, um, that's true. I think um, it for me, it may depend on what kind of picture I use for my wallpaper too. I'm a pretty plain Jane guy though. I mean, at least for my home screen wallpaper, I typically just do a black background. Um, it made, I would probably, if I, if I can find a, a image that's very, OLED friendly from the start, then maybe I would be more interested in using always on display all the time. Um, that's something that'll be worth testing though, too, is if a color rich uh, wallpaper affects your always on display battery life more than a OLED friendly, mostly black wallpaper for your always on display. Yep. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how it handles like a photo. Mm-hmm. And just a picture from your camera roll. Uh, how that transition looks like if they dim it down to where they do go all black with some like color highlights based on the colors of your your image and then it wakes up to show your background kind of like the animation that they have already when you use their yeah, new lock screens i think that's your answer right there i think that they're going to pull the foreground and have that be a muted color scheme and then as you wake up your phone it'll color everything up i, I i'm not sure 
I could see it being the reverse of it. Having the foreground, I mean, I can see them completely pulling the image altogether. Okay. For, this, for the always on display. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I think of my wallpaper right now, which is my cat, uh, my wallpaper having this be dimmed down, mm-hmm. I think would be there's just too much there. Yeah. Um, so I can see them completely blacking it out. Uh, honestly, I can see them doing what they do with Apple Watch faces and making it not customizable at all. <laughs> the always on display is you can choose a set of these six colors that will dim down to and then it'll pull up to your. Well, your it is your, funny you say that, wallpaper. though, too, because I know that they they've already um, it's already been revealed. They have like it's like six or eight wallpapers that are always on display friendly. Um, ah. So you may be onto something there. It's possible that your regular pictures just won't show at all. and It'll just be black. Yep. That's my guess is that it's going to be very specific. Like the ones they've shown yep. where it's black with like purple swoops on the edges. Yep. Yep. And then they'll have a the little light array along the bottom there like they did in that image. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think. I think that covers everything. <laughs> we can talk ex- about your naming scheme now. <laughs> Listen. This is my favorite feature that they announced. Yep. Me too. I think this is the coolest thing. Yep. Me too. It makes it makes so much sense. So the pill, the whole punch cutout. Yep. They have made. They've effectively done a bunch of nifty animations to make this your the 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 cutout be interactive Mm -hmm. and the cutout be part of your notification shade. Yeah. So when you get a notification in or you can set like kind of like widgets. So if you have like a timer going, uh, it'll bump it out from the the whole punch. It's very hard to describe. So you should just go out and look at the, the demonstrations of it. It's very, very cool and very neat. And it uh, you can basically tap anywhere on the pill. Even if you're touching the camera, it's going to detect your finger that is getting close to it uh, and it'll it'll respond to it. So you can open up a your timer uh, like notification bar up at the top. You can uh, like drag down from it to expand a notification that comes through. You can have certain things set up there to be always running kind of like in tandem with those live whatever they call their uh, uh, the live notifications. The live uh, trackers, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They have a dumb name for it. Um, but. They're calling this. Dynamic Island. Yep. And it's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I hate it more than any other dumb Apple name. I hate it more than the fact that they call in stage manager the group of windows piles. Like, <laughs> I hate it so much. What would you have called it? Nothing. <laughs> Apple has Just, to brand everything. That's how they came up with the photonic engine for the new 14 uh, pros as well. That's, that is also bad. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just so bad. Mm-hmm. I just. It's so stupid. (laughs) I don't have words to describe how much I dislike the fact that they had to name it anything in the first place, but then the fact that they chose Dynamic Island. Yeah. 
I don't know. That persistent pill, maybe go for some alliteration. <laughs> like, uh, what, what do they call their little their live widgets? The the live notifications. Uh, I thought it was live iOS tracker. Sixteen live notifications. It's got a dumb name too. Live activities. Live activities. That was close. Yes. Live activities. That, I mean, that's they, a reasonable name. Yeah. I don't mind that one. Yeah. They could have, they could have incorporated like live something island. there. <laughs> or activity island. They could have used, they could have called it the activity. Well, no, activity pill has a sexual connotation to it. <laughs> <laughs> bubble? Maybe maybe call it a bubble, live bubble, uh, or or just they could have rebranded like notification center. Yeah, they could have just called that the notification center because you could no, they you could have built though. it in. They could have built it into where you can expand notification center from the pill. No, that'd be too convoluted. But that that's how you you're gonna get to it already. No, it's not right. No. Is it still the left ear? Yeah. Well, it's the whole top. It's it's just like on an iPad. If you swipe down the middle or left, it's going to bring down the notification center. Swipe down the top right, it's going to bring down the control center. But if I swiping down from the middle, it pulls up the, the dynamic island. That's only if you start in the dynamic island. Oh, right. Okay. You That's going to gonna actually, be terrible. Well, no, because you have to actually, um, if you tap on the dynamic island, then it will, um, if you tap on the dynamic island, it will do I don't know, some type of activity, but you actually have to, I don't even, I don't even think it does any, any activity. If you just tap on it, you have to actually tap and hold on it to interact with it. They said, hmm. so like if, if you have music now playing, you can see the album art on the left-hand side of the uh, face ID tech and right. you can, and I believe you'll see how many seconds you are in the song or whatever, tap and hold on it. And then you can actually interact with it by like scrubbing or skipping forward and back, whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know what tapping on it will actually do. I don't know that it will do anything. I think tapping on it is supposed to like widen it. It expands it out to show oh, you maybe your, show more details when you tap on it. Yeah, to show all the the <laughs> dynamics in your island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is interesting though. You can so I, I watched one video, one one person doing hands on, where you can actually have like three or four different activities going at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite catch how he navigated between them, but the fact that you can interact all in just the dynamic island, you're now playing your timer, your live tracker all at the same time was pretty impressive. Honestly, it's almost, I think it may get confusing for some people, but it's almost like its own little multitasking tray. Similar to like the iPad has its own little like side multitasking tray. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm think I'm just picturing the pop-up when uh apps on ipad now where it's like the it's a phone on top of your ipad oh (laughs) what do they call that um they had a dumb name for that too yeah that wasn't that wasn't sidecar was it no but that's what i'm referring to because you literally interact with it like you're using an iphone on your ipad yeah that's that's what i'm imagining like this is now it's turning into um, now sidecar was their thing where it was like handoff between phones or something or between like your devices or yeah. it was like the 
you could use your no you just iPad. use your ipad as a mirror or as a as extension of your display that's yeah sidecar. yeah but specifically within apps right right uh it doesn't matter no. they're all they got they got to name everything and i just yep it's so dumb i i really think they could have just rebranded notification center as part of this because it is they they're they're pulling their live activities you know what they should have called of. it live notifications yeah i mean that that yeah i mean that is less ridiculous at least it's a mouthful but it's less ridiculous you've got your notification center Ooh. to see all of your notifications and then you've got live notifications how about they bring down the another what if they call it mission control oh my no no <laughs> nope i'm not i'm not for that <laughs> no uh what what did they what other things did they call what was their uh the app app library there you're on on mac oh uh, gosh i dashboard is it the dashboard uh what about uh expose yeah oh yes <laughs> that would have been great <laughs> bring back expose but it but dynamic island you know the funny thing about expose is mac still have it they just don't call it that anymore they just don't have a name for it <laughs> yeah 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 uh I mean, I already have my iPhone 14 Pro pre-order is ready to go. You can pre-pre-order right now on their website. I don't know if you need this, but what, on Apple's website, yeah. So you, you, it's a pre-pre-order. So you put it in your cart, uh huh. So it's ready to go, and you just like signify the color, the storage, the trade-in. So that way, at 5 a.m. or 7 a.m. Se- central, central time, yep. You can go into your uh, sign into your Apple account uh-huh. into your cart and just hit buy. Oh, I done. believe but I you, already you, did you this then accidentally. Yeah, even set up your payment method. Yeah, I believe I already did this then. Maybe, but I'll play with it afterwards. Oddly enough, they wouldn't let me do it with the AirPods because I had I wanted to put the AirPods Pro in my cart too to make it a faster checkout. Mm-hmm. But uh, it wouldn't let me do that. I have to wait until tomorrow morning to be able to put those in my cart. Interesting. I also find it interesting that compared to like the Samsung trade-in structure, where if, when you trade in your phones towards new ones, it's an instant discount. If they don't get your device back, they charge your card, the trade-in amount. For Apple, it's the reverse. So you pay full price, and if they don't get your trade, if they when they get the trade-in, they credit back your payment method, the trade-in value. That's not what I had read when I was putting it in my... The only time you get thing. instant discount is if you're doing it on it through installments. If you're buying it full retail, you pay for full retail and they credit back your trade discount. Okay. I guess, I mean, I was looking at doing installments. I was going to, I wasn't, yeah. Yeah. Oh, also of interesting note, because we were really hoping it was going to be 256 and it's not, it's it's 128, but they did keep the price the same, which was nice. Yes. Uh, so I mean, just get I did. the two fifty six at the price that we expected it to be. <laughs> right, you're right. Yeah, um, I'm getting the purple for okay. sure because every year I get the new color. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, it's kind of hot. I do like this new deep purple color. Deep purple. I'm looking bit. at it right now. Oh yeah, yeah. So depending on the light, it's if it's brighter light, it's definitely purple. If it's dimmer light, it's almost kind of a gray undertone. Yeah, which is a lot how the um, Pacific Blue. 
the Pacific blue and uh, military green. Is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. Uh, Alpine green. Alpine green. That oh, was the third. Alpine green was the thirteen. Is that right? Yeah. Military green was the um eleven Pro Max or the eleven Pro. Midnight green. Midnight green. That's right. Not military. Midnight green. Yeah. Because yeah, dumb names. That midnight green was sick though. It was. Yeah. It was. It was a good color. Yeah. Oh, I'm kind of tempted by that deep purple too. To be honest. Only because I'm a Vikings fan, though, so it'd be cool to have some purple on there. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I went with the Sierra Blue 13 Pro last year. Uh, actually, that, that that brings up a good question, Ben. Which size are you going to get? Oh, the Max, of course. Okay. Yes. I um my my I have too big of hands for the regular Pro series. My thumbs felt so cramped typing on that keyboard all the time. I I need a wider screen. To comfortably I type. am very excited for the first time since the 10, no, the 11 Pro. I did get the regular 11 Pro. Uh, I'm I'm downsizing to the regular size, and I'm very, very, very excited for it. You're going to miss that battery life. I don't think I will, uh, because I carry two phones. Oh, that's fair. So, like, yeah. my usage is split between an iPhone and a currently a Z Fold 4. Yeah, that's a good point. Which, uh, just a quick little plug, uh, weekend. It's good. The Z Fold 4 is very good. Okay. Uh, I did not expect the the fact that they made the front display a little wider to make that much of a difference, mm-hmm. but it makes a pretty big difference, especially typing. Okay. Uh, I, I miss far less often, like the letter I'm trying to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, battery life's superb. Battery life is that good? Really? Yeah. Okay. It's very good. Uh, it wasn't, you know, the the it this did not was not enabled by the improvements of the Fold Four. Mm-hmm. But I uh, was driving through, and there was like a weird summer storm, where like there was no clouds directly over me, but in the and there wasn't any rain, but in the distance there was a whole bunch of lightning. Uh, and it was dark out. So I, what I, I put my phone in like L mode uh, and set it on my dash with the camera running and was just able to take footage of all the lightning shooting in the sky. That's really cool. Uh, it was really cool. And I got some super neat like little snippets of, of uh, a video from it. Um, I mean, I guess the, the low light was improved quite a bit on the fold for So maybe that was enabled by the new one. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. All right, we gotta we gotta wrap up. Yes. Uh, anything more on the Apple event? Um, nothing really that comes to mind. To be honest, I mean, the the camera bumps are a little bit bigger too with these camera updates, so that's worth mentioning too. I think, um, just yeah. slightly, I mean, but they are a little bit bigger, bigger cameras. Yeah, yeah, bigger cameras. So physics say bigger camera bump. Unfortunately, um, I was really disappointed. Which also they didn't means go flush. that maybe cases won't fit either. Right, cases probably won't fit. Um. I'm curious to see if they move the buttons a little bit too, just just because, <laughs> since that seems to be a theme as well, or it has in the past at least. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, um, yeah. Otherwise, I think we'll see issues of case manufacturers dealing with, um, yeah, people just complaining that the camera is still exposed when getting an order case. Yeah. 
when looking at the images, it does look like the actual like stove top is bigger. So I, I'm pretty sure that the camera, the cases won't fit. Oh, okay. If the actual stove top is bigger then yeah, they wouldn't. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's one more thing on the camera. The flash is supposed to be way improved. Um, it's supposed to be better at uh, like hitting different levels of brightness. It can adapt based on the situation. Uh, yeah. So and based on the, the sensor that it's using. I don't know if you were, had a chance to see the demo of it. It was actually pretty cool. So they're actually doing it sensor side, not lens side. So I don't know if you remember. It, uh, was it? I think the 5S came out with the dual tone flash. And mm-hmm. then it was the um, was it the 10 or 10S maybe that started having the quad flash. Whereas like mm-hmm. four quadrants. So now they're actually um, touting how the sensor itself actually does different patterns. So they showed like basically a, a three by three grid. And so it could recognize uh, how best to flash around the subject or on the subject, depending on how far or close it was. So like when you were zoomed in, it was going to do more of like an outer um, flash versus if it was um if it was like a selfie depending on how close you are to it uh if you have the phone turned around obviously and you're taking the picture depending on how close you are to the phone it can determine if it needs to actually do the center flash or if it should do more of an outer rim or all of the above or maybe just a t like it was it was pretty cool but yeah it's basically broken up into nine or yeah nine total quadrants now nice uh okay that is it for the phones let's move on to recommendations ben what are you recommending this week you know, um, I actually don't have any new ones. I've been hitting Madden pretty hard. Um, Madden and still playing Harry Potter spells and pu- puzzles and spells. Um, they have both been a big time waster for me. <laughs> Fair. I was expecting Rings of Power. You know, um, Rings of Power is good. Um, I've I, there's been some. Well, I don't want to call it controversy because it's stupid controversy. People just being bad people, um, not happy with uh, um, um, no longer having an, an all white Middle Earth and whatnot. Um, but I, it, I mean, yeah, it's a good series. I highly recommend that, too. Um, and then, uh, well, I mean, Game of Thrones, we talked about before, too. But the latest episode was still just as good. So cannot recommend those enough either. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still still on. I, I didn't realize Reigns of Power that came out since the last time we talked, didn't it? Friday, the day after we oh, recorded. It was the day after. OK, yeah, I guess I got my weeks mixed up. Uh, yeah, so I will bring that then because it is very good. Yeah. Oh, they released two episodes at once, too. So it may it could have felt like that. That's true. Just a week late. That's true. Uh, I am bringing two, uh, but I will be brief with them. Um. One is a recommendation for most people, and one is a very, very, very small recommendation that the people who will enjoy it will really enjoy. Okay, so I'll start with that one. Uh, There is a game out uh, by a uh, developer named Sam Barlow. Uh, He created uh, the phenomenon game Her Story. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it kind of. It was a genre defining game. Like it created a new genre where it was yep, you're a you're going through essentially like interview footage and there is no win state. It's just you, as you watch the videos, you can keyword search in this database to pull up new videos, uh, new clips of these interviews and you, the 
point of the game is to just figure out what happened. So whenever you stop and whatever the story in your head that you have gained from like playing it, that is your ending. That is your win state is what you think happened at the point you decide to quit. Okay. Uh, which is very cool and interesting and why it went viral. Yeah. Uh, his new game, Immortality, is. It's wild. Uh, I'm not super far into it, but essentially it's they've created this story of an actor that she was very she had three movies that she was making. None of them came out. Uh, and she is effectively disappeared. And they have there have been like a coalition of people trying to figure out what happened to her and they've uh, unearthed all of the footage from her movies and they've built this app of sorts where you can scrub through clips of the movies and like clips of interviews and clips of like behind the scene footage and like just all sorts of like takes rehearsals mm-hmm. everything you're not presented them in any chronological order the whole generation of finding new clips is by like clicking on an object in this in the shot. So if you're watching a, a scene and there's a coffee mug in the scene, you can click on the coffee mug and then it'll generate seemingly at random another scene in the library of scenes with a coffee mug in it. And that could be from a different movie. That could be from an interview that they did with like their version of like a late night talk show host. Hmm. It could be just a coffee mug from like someone's trailer offset. And you're just getting clips from these movies that aren't real movies, but they've effectively made three full feature films. And you're just trying to get snippets together of like never before seen footage of these movies that didn't come out to try to figure out what happened to this person because the, the movies never released. So you're trying to figure out why. Mm-hmm. And then you're also trying to figure out where is this person now? It is very confusing yeah. because it jumps around so much and you don't know the plots to these movies. So you're you're seeing all these different clips. And while they're all very different tones and the plots are very different, it's tough to figure out what's real and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like a weird meta through story that's like. You'll see, you'll watch clips and they'll seem like a clip you've already seen, but there's like something very small and different. Like I watched one where it was the same clip that I'd already seen. Exactly this acted the same way with the same expressions with the same everything, except this time their cups didn't have any like liquid in it for the first time they did. And that was the only ch- thing that was different that I could notice. Mm-hmm. And it was probably just a different take of that same scene, like maybe earlier in rehearsal. Well, if it was an empty cup, but it was there- probably later in rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it is. It is super interesting. I've heard people say that they've gotten like scenes they've seen, but the the actors are different. Oh, it's like there are people in the shots that you expect to be a different person, but it, it's someone else. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's wild. They have like a whole like organization system so you can construct your own timeline to say, OK, I'm pretty sure this happened here. It's now going to be organized in this like format of this movie, this movie, this movie. This movie's rehearsals, this movie's like screenings, this movie's interviews. And it's it's again just trying to figure out what's going on. Weird. It's so cool. It is very, very well acted. Mm-hmm. Like 
if the very first clip that I watched, I just happened to pull was a an interview talk show. Uh, and I was certain that it was a real clip from a an actual talk show in the 80s. Uh, they, they nailed the aesthetic down perfectly of like found footage. Uh, it's called Immortality. It's like 30 bucks. It's on sale right now. At least it was last week for 20. Uh, it will be coming to mobile uh, through Netflix games. So okay. uh, just a quick plug there. Yeah. Netflix games uh, has another big hit. Uh, I think that's super interesting. They also today got uh, the game from the uh, Alto Odyssey's creator that uh, Lucky Luna. Uh, okay. So I know you particularly enjoyed the Alters, Alters game. Yeah. This is not that style of game. It's in, like a traditional platformer, but kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. That released today for Netflix games. So, but my more widespread appeal, this one I don't have to talk too much about because it's been in early access for two years. Ooblets finally hit 1.0. Uh, it's a game that I've enjoyed playing through its early access phase over the last two years. It's great. It's what if uh, Stardew Valley and Pokemon had a baby. That is okay. effectively it. You are going around town doing tasks for the townspeople. Um, and instead of you grow crops, but then instead of like capturing your little uh, monsters and stuff that will help you farm. So that's kind of like also Stardew Valley ask of having people help you on your farm uh, when you battle, which the battles are dance battles, uh, <laughs> okay. which is also great. Uh, if you beat a new ooblet, they will uh, like fart out a seed um, and then you go and plant that seed and grow your own like version of that ooblet. Uh, hmm. It's adorable. It's like, again, like 20 bucks. Uh, could not recommend it enough. I'm having so much fun with it playing like the official 1.0 release. It's out on Switch. It's out on uh, other consoles. Uh, I'm playing on on Steam Deck through uh, software that allows you to play Epic Games games on the Steam Deck because uh, it's not on Steam, mm-hmm. but it runs flawlessly on this weird hacky method of uh, playing it. So, hmm. okay, big recommend. Yeah, it, it's, it's got such wide appeal of like. It's got Animal Crossing energy. It's got Pokemon energy. It's got Stardew Valley energy. Like it's it's a it is the cozy game. Mm-hmm. It sounds yeah, it sounds sounds kind of right up my alley there now. But you said it Pokemon Go and that's like you are actually physically going around to these different locations. No, 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 no. not Pokemon Go at all. Like just it's Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon. Like you're oh, ca- okay. you're like capturing monsters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you're capturing monsters. You're filling out a, a book. There are shiny variants like that. You've got to catch them all. You got to grow them all. Got to grow them all. OK. OK. Yeah. Big, big, big recommend. You'd love it. Uh, great to play with kids. And it's it's on what device again? Uh, it released officially on Switch and Xbox. OK. Uh, and I believe it is coming. It might also be on PlayStation and it is eventually coming to Steam. OK. OK. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a switch friendly game. Oh, yeah, it is. A, yeah, portable game ideal. Mm-hmm. But that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you uh, find it in your heart to give us a, a rating on your podcast platform of choice, uh, preferably uh, Apple Podcasts, if you use that, give us that five star rating, write a review. Uh, if you do, we'll we'll shout you out. Um, but yeah that's gonna do it for us this week I have been Jake and I'm Ben toodles see ya
Thank you.